The following program is sponsored by Ron Myers Ministries. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. Have you had your conversation, your visiting time with Jesus this past week? Maybe some things have happened in your life that are really confusing, that are very devastating, and you do not know where to go. Well, this show, Get the Hell Out of Your Life, is all about sharing Jesus. People come on my show, share their story, share their encouragement with you, the listener, because it's all about Jesus. And my show is open to Everyone, I don't care what your lifestyle is. I don't care if you believe in Jesus, if you are an atheist. I invite you to listen to a few minutes of people talking about Jesus, Jesus that has impacted our lives dramatically. Now, I am new to the Hattiesburg and Meridian, Mississippi audience this Sunday morning, and thank you for listening. And I think you're going to enjoy this show because it's so much different than the typical religious shows on the radio. This is another way to connect with Jesus. Sometimes we just need to hear what Jesus is doing in the trenches, in the lives of individuals that are really going through a lot of hell. Today's guest, Ken Leonard, is a very good friend of mine, and uh, he's going to talk today about his story of rediscovering himself with the passing of his spouse, his wife, Lorenda, who was also a friend with me. She was a co-host on a Christian radio program I had for over 10 years, Discover Your Destiny. And her husband is in the studios with me, and he wants to encourage anyone out there that has gone through a loss. Maybe you're still going through a a valley in your life that you just really don't have any hope and you're looking for something. Well, Ken's words today and how he is rediscovering himself with the loss of his spouse. And uh, so, Ken, I'm so glad you're here. I guess we met back at uh, Hurricane Katrina days. Hurricane Katrina days, yeah, that's right. I was uh, so excited that a Domino's Pizza opened up, and I went down to get some pizza a couple weeks after Katrina, and you and Lorenda were in line, and we just... Started talking. We, we did. Well, Lorinda probably started talking. She's, <laughs> she's the one who would always open conversations, and I'd I'd always stand off to the side and try not to uh, <laughs> trip on myself. But yeah, that's that sounds like a, such a Lorinda like opener, isn't it? Like yeah, there we were, and then Lorinda started talking. Lorinda, um, she passed a few weeks ago at a young age of she's about fifty four. Yeah, as you know, Lorinda was a real go getter. Uh, when I met her down here, she was owned and ran a recording studio, a beeper outlet, back when beepers were the thing instead of <laughs> uh, cell phones. She also sold beeper stuff out of a company out of New Orleans. So she was real busy. And uh, and then she sang too. She sang in all these bands up and down the coast. She was looking for a piano player. And I was uh, working at a nearby little music store and I walked over one day and she says, hi, Ken. 
And I even never saw her before. And, and I asked her, like, how do you know it was me? She says, I don't know. I just knew it was me. And we rehearsed a little bit on piano. And that night, I think we both fell in love with each other. It was just a crazy thing. We both, I just taught the next day. I'm going, I told one of my students, I said, I think I just met the woman I'm going to marry. He said, when was that? Last week? He said, <laughs> last night. He says, and you think you're going to marry her? I'm going like, I don't know what it is. Well, I, she felt the same way too. And uh, we just, there's a real strong bond. I don't know what that was about. It was a real God uh, getting us together, uh, the music thing. And then uh, she turned the music, our music playing, into music worship, playing for churches. She got me back into church. I had taken some time off of church. And we uh, started playing for churches all up and down the coast. We started helping startup churches start up their worship bands. So we went through with Mike May and a couple other people in the local area to um, help get these startup churches in Slidell and these small small areas um, and attract their musicians, get them trained, and teach them how to how to do music in a, in a worship worship uh, worship situation. It was real rewarding. It was real nice. She had one of the most beautiful singing voices, and we had some older ladies who'd come up and say, you know, your voice is anointed. And Lorena go like, oh, yeah, whatever. And they go like, no, you don't know what that means. That means that there's something in it touched by God. And her voice was when she would sing, uh, people would just close their eyes and just drink it in. And it was no longer just Lorinda singing, but she was singing what God was trying to say through the song. And that's what the whole thing is. And she wrote some beautiful music. Um, and she would, we did some music where she also just read the word, healing scriptures, uh, for people to be just relaxed. And um, she was so in touch with the Bible, so in touch with the word. Um, and that was so in touch with her voice. Um, and those things combined to have her create just some beautiful music, some beautiful scriptures, and um, beautiful Sundays of worship. Yeah, and you Sunday. played at the military bases up and down the coast, right? You did we, worship yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, we did 15 some years of playing at the local military bases. We were all blessed to get contracts. Um, we'd do it for free if we could get in, you know, but most people can't get, you can't get onto a military base. And uh, they're paying us, which which was nice, but it was just, it opened up a new ministry for us, which was ministering to young airmen. And Lorinda ate that up. We were taking them in, treating them like, hey, not only is this a great thing to do on a Sunday, but during rehearsal, it's just going to be like your home church. We were learning at that point to allow God to lead us. Both of us came from, and just like you, from real, probably workaholic families where we grew up in a time where if you wanted something, you work hard, you make it work. And then we're realizing that, you know what? God wants in on that. Jesus wants in on that. Jesus wants in on your hard work. And he's going to show you that it's, you don't have to work that hard. He's going to direct your paths. And he did. And we're, we're getting to the point where we're working during the day, playing out late at night, and we're going like, okay, Lorinda, we're, work, we're getting at an age where it's starting to be a lot on our bodies. We need to do something else. We're really drawn just to playing for God and performing in worship. If we could just do something. I don't even think we prayed about it. 
I think we just expressed that. Boy, it'd be really nice just to do more God music and less bar music. And nothing against playing in bars, and but there's just that you get out of the bar scene, you get into the church scene. When you, the more you let God into your life, the more He's going to open paths that are just way more healthy for you. Amen. And way more satisfying, and believe it or not, financially um, generous. I mean, it, we we're real helpful. And um, you yeah. and her were walking. Yeah. In your destiny. Yeah. All of us have skills, talents, and abilities, and God wants us to showcase them to the world. I think that's why Lorinda loved working with you. It was the fact that you were the one of the few people who were on the radio who were saying, like, you know what? No, God is your destiny. God can help you with that destiny. And we were discovering that at the same time. And I think that's what made it real magic. And um, I agree with you. When you find that opening for God, God's going to open up a lot more for you. Amen. You know, a few years ago, Lorenda and your life took a turn. Yeah, we found out she had uh, first stages of cancer, and um, it was it was kind of a blow. I was kind of just tossed out of the water. My mom had just passed away from passed away from cancer a few years. Matter of fact, when Lorenda and I first met, uh, my mom was going through cancer. I had come down here to help take care of my mom. And I was thinking like, oh, Lord, here's the whole cancer thing again. What is this? And it was a realization that, you know, there's a separation. There's things that are going to be here on earth, and there's things that we still need to kind of focus on. Lorinda understood that even in the real early points of having her cancer and the cancer treatments. So she went through 11 years of it. Um, she would get healed. We'd kind of get come back. She'd get healed. It'd come back. She'd go through horrific surgeries, but she never lost. She never got mad at God. I was, I got to the point where I just started getting really aggravated with God. I mean, there were just some days I'm just going like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be helping here. And, um, Lorinda would hear me. She says, we don't, we don't say that. We don't believe that. God is our source. God is our strength. You must, you have to remember that, Ken. She was, uh, addicted to Jesus. She, constantly read, prayed, wrote things as I'm going through the house and trying to disassemble and reassemble. And I'd find these little cards that Lorinda had (laughs) written things on, like, um, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, little, little parts from Psalms. And she had just jotted it down for the day and put it aside. And that's where it stayed for a couple of years because I haven't, I don't clean that well. And, uh, (laughs) She um, filled every scrap of paper, every little thing with her love of God. And um, it was, it was, I'm finding these now all over the place. And I'm going like, wow. They, they just, the little pieces of paper and the little things she's written on make me smile and just make me always remember like, oh yeah, she, I had so much fear going through all of it. And she really didn't. I don't think she was very pleased with having to go through it. Nobody is. But she was plugged into Jesus, and from being plugged into Jesus, she was getting, like, downloaded the bigger picture on what's going on. Yeah, I like that. Downloaded the bigger picture. Yeah. What's the lesson you've learned? Anybody who's lost a spouse, it's more than just more than just a friend, more than just a wife. It's really that half of you, and, and you wake up with half of you kind of not there and uh, still going, like, 
going like, hey, all right, make sure I ask Lorinda about this. But there's, I was reading in the Bible the other day, so I was in Second Corinthians, and I'm not a Bible scholar, but um, I'm amazed at insights you get that God gives you when you need them. I was reading Second Corinthians, and it's written by Paul, and Paul, as you know, was brilliant, probably the smartest of all the apostles, and just a brilliant, brilliant man. He was a Pharisee or Sadducee. I mean, he was a rabbi. He was a preacher. He was a teacher. But um, he was writing Corinthians and saying, like, hey, you know what? We had a horrible time in Asia, Asia provinces. We were trying to speak the word there. And we came within the breath of our life. They really wanted to kill us. They really wanted to just do away with us. They didn't want to listen to what we had to say. And here's Paul who could argue his way out of a paper bag. He had a law background. He's just a brilliant person. And he's telling the people in Corinth, like, it was crazy. We lost, we were going to lose our lives. And then it just dawned on us. We had to just allow Jesus to take care of the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, Paul, didn't you know that already? Because you already got knocked off of a horse blind (laughs) and, um, but it was amazing that somebody was like, oh, yeah. He's even paused rediscovering that. And like I'm rediscovering, like, you got to let Jesus kind of lead you and take care of where you're at, no matter where you're at. To see somebody like Paul rediscover this and keep rediscovering this through all the New Testament is really interesting to me. And I'm just starting on that path of discovering, like, I don't know what to do with my life right now. Because she was the reason I kind of, um, I was also a caretaker for about five years. I was a husband, a caretaker, along with work, along with everything else. But when my identity of caretaker and husband are gone, like, what do you do? You know, where do you go? And there's nothing out there, I don't know, there may be things out there to help husbands who are trying to recover from that, but... Um, the Bible's telling me to just, you know, rediscover that Jesus can take care of all that. And Jesus is going to be opening the doors. He's already helped me out, excuse me, through a lot of things, through a lot of the um, finances and bank, all the boring stuff people don't want to hear about, (laughs) but it's important. So you can keep going on, on and on. And he's opened up doors and I just hear him go like, Ken, stop worrying. Oh, we got this. Amen, and, um, and he does. He's got this. The funeral. It was not a funeral. It was a celebration of life. You set it up. Why did you do that? It was against everything traditional funeral would be. Well, Lorinda was not really a traditional person. <laughs> Amen to knows, that. You know. And she was so full of life, so full of Jesus, so full of wanting to share his love and ministry and happiness. She was all for fun of God. And um, I was sick all that morning, just nauseous all morning. Um, I wanted to do something for her that would be, I didn't want it sad and um, there's enough sadness to go on for everything. But she just brought so much light and happiness. I wanted to do something that was fun. And she's played with so many talented musicians on the coast. The coast is just full of the most talented people you would ever meet. And um, she knew a lot more of them than I did. And 
we, I asked a few of them, I said, could you please come up and say something? I wanted to be a uh, time where people could just grab a mic, share a story, have fun, eat. And that's exactly what happened. It was sort of like, I didn't have to worry about it. I was really worried about it because Lorena made all the important decisions and I couldn't ask her like, well, what should I do about this, Lorena? Should I have them flowers in the back or whatever? So I had a lot of help from my sister, my family and God. And, um, I think it was a real nice tribute to Lorinda and, um, it just kept that joy, that joy she had in God. It was such a glorious mix. And that's what Lorinda was, was just a great glorious mix of God and love and happy fun stuff. What's, what do you think Lorinda's doing now with Jesus? She can't be bossing him around. <laughs> she's made some suggestions on carpet colors or something, but um, I'm sure she's just uh, having, like, just singing for him and playing harp. She Amen. playing the harp and, and enjoying it. But, that's yeah, I, I agree. That's something for Christians. We need to remember that being, being alive when we are alive with hard parts and, and the good parts is, is really a celebration. Amen. And it should inc- include Christ, include our friends, include um, just the feeling that we're thankful. Before we go, will you pray for the listeners, for yeah. anybody that's just what's ever on your heart? A lot of people are going yeah. through things right now. I feel kind of moved right now to pray for people who've, who've lost a spouse, lost a significant other. And I pray and ask Jesus to slowly unfold all the uh, the tangled webs that just seem to be in front of their faces. Uh, open up, open up the windows of the house. Open up their minds and their hearts, and keep reminding them, dear Lord Jesus, that when we accept you, we've accepted a love. We've ex- accepted a way, a way to see things happen. And we thank you, dear Lord Jesus. I pray for all those. We're going to be spending their first year this year, or maybe their second year, as a single person. Remember, you're not that single. You have Jesus with you. Friends, when I come back, let's unpack some of the wisdom and lessons that we just heard from Ken Leonard. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Does God speak to us today? If so, what does he sound like? Thundering roars? Crashing waves? A booming megaphone? Maybe sometimes, but maybe it's not quite as Hollywood dramatic as all that. Maybe it's a little more simple. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the midst of all the noise and questions, God is speaking, and we can hear His voice. We just need to learn to recognize it. So what does He sound like? He sounds like love, like reconciliation, like kindness, wisdom, hope, truth. Do you know those sounds? Then maybe you hear His voice more often than you think. Maybe you're being led by Him more than you realize. Maybe God is speaking to you, and you actually are listening. You just didn't know it.
Welcome back, listeners. That song, well, it's called Holy Destiny. That was written and performed by Lorenda. When I was asking Ken if he could send me a clip of one of her songs, he went through the archives and he found that song. And he said, Ron, I forgot about this song. She wrote this song because of you, Holy Destiny. Lorenda knew I was a a passionate person, not only about Jesus, but about discovering our destiny. Well, it's always so nice to have people like Ken share their stories, especially it's kind of a fresh wound. But he reminded you and I that when we lose something in life, that we often have to rediscover ourselves. Because what we lost was so important in our lives that much of us was defined through that person, through the job, through whatever it was that we've lost. And then we're standing there by ourselves and wondering, where do I go now? Ken said that he really didn't know what he was going to do. But he also had the faith that Jesus was leading him down the path to his destiny. Friends, the only thing you and I can have in life that really is sustainable and keeps us sane is our faith in Jesus, faith that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. This is a thing that each of us has to discover on our own. We can never discover it in a church. I don't even believe we can discover it reading a Bible. We can only discover it when we ask Jesus to come into our heart. He comes in, gives us a new heart, And we begin to do life with Jesus. And he takes us through the twists, the turns, the trials, and the tribulations. He gives us access to have a dialogue with him. I talk about having conversations with Jesus all the time. Friends, it is important daily. You don't make an appointment with Jesus one day a week on Sunday to tell him your stories No, you do life with Jesus. And then when you go through the trials and the tribulations, it's him you lead on. It's him that gives you the encouragement, the inspiration. The world has let down so many people, and it's supposed to because it is a fallen world. But Jesus will never let us down. And Ken reminds us that losing a spouse, losing anything is devastating It's full of grief, but it is also a potential for profound personal growth, a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ. When we embrace change, we can find comfort that the journey that we are on in life may not always make sense, but it's a journey of self-discovery, a journey of faith, of opportunity a journey of discovering our destiny. My friend, today is the day for you to put your faith in Jesus and allow him to help you discover your destiny. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. 
Jesus. Jesus. What do you think of when you hear that name? Jesus. Jesus. Love. Life. Hope. Joy. Peace. Friend. Companion. Confidant. Savior. The God of the universe lives. And he lives in the form of a man. That man is Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Jesus, what will you do with him? He knocks on the door of your heart. When you open that door, your life will change forever. He came that the world may have life and may have it more abundantly. Ask Jesus into your heart and discover what living is all about. Call 1-888-NEED-HIM. We would like to express our gratitude to Coffee News for their support of this program. Are you tired of scrolling through the same old news feeds every morning? Then switch things up with Coffee News. Our publication is filled with interesting stories, brain teasers, and uplifting quotes that are sure to brighten your day. And now you can access Coffee News anytime, anywhere by visiting our website. So whether you're sipping your morning coffee at your favorite cafe or browsing online from your desk, we've got you covered. Start your day off right with Coffee News at readcoffeenewsonline.com. Ron will be back in a minute to close out today's show. We want to remind you today of the last words of Jesus. It is finished. What is finished? The finished work of Jesus refers to the complete and final accomplishment of salvation through his death and resurrection. It means that Jesus has done everything necessary for our forgiveness, redemption, and reconciliation with God. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins once and for all, providing total forgiveness and cleansing. This finished work of Jesus means that we no longer need to strive or work to earn God's favor or forgiveness. We can rest in the assurance that our salvation is secure and that we are fully accepted by God because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up, and I want to thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Each week, a new show, new God stories, encouragement, because one thing Jesus wants you to know, he wants you to give him your fear, your doubts, your unbeliefs, your questions. That's what having conversations with Jesus is all about. He's ready for 24-7 conversation with you. Remember this, I love you, Jesus loves you, and when you give Jesus your heart, you will discover your destiny. Get the Hell Out of Your Life is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 255 vendors from all over the United States from November 8th through the 10th inside the Coast Convention Center located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to share your story of what God has done in your life or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. 
Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.